Welcome to That Part with Nicolia. Here, we talk about the parts of relationships that most people don't want to talk about. Let's get to your true self. Let's get into that part. Well, hello again, and welcome to that part with Nicolia. Today's topic is very near and dear to my heart, and really it's the heart of who I am. Today's topic is titled, Get to Know the Best of Your Father. Get to Know the Best of Your Father were the words that my friend Lynn Sterling said to me several years ago, just as I was seeking to know who my father was. You see, my mom had me at 19, and then she had my brother. And just as my brother was born, my father left. So I had to be two. I would have turned three that December. My brother was born in April. So let's frame this. From the tender, tender ages of zero to three years old, my father may have been around, but I don't have any recollection of him in our home, him in our space, playing around with him. None of those memories that most people grow up with or some people grow up with as a child. Well, little did I know the impact that would have on my life in later years. When I came to California in 2001, I moved across the coast basically to try try something new. I had finished grad school at Howard University, HU, and at that point I wanted to find out more about what adult life was. You know, back at college we, we did a lot of clubbing. I mean, don't get me wrong, those were the best years of my life. But know that when I came to California, my point was to find more adult things to do. Like, not just go to clubs. Like, I had a wine, cheese, and jazz party because that felt grown up. Well, if I go back to before I came, I was in grad school and I had a professor, Professor Manning. In my first day of class, he told me that I could not have forgiven my father for abandoning me and our family. And I told him that I was settled in my heart and in my spirit. He, he basically accused me of lying. And I think he did it out of love. As graduate students at Howard University School of Social Work, one of the things in my mental health track that they encouraged us to do was to have therapy. And I had had therapy before. My family had engaged in a trauma that happened earlier on in my sister's life. And as a result, we had therapy. So I knew what it was. I just had never really participated, and especially not as an adult. So I go into this therapy session, and the gentleman says to me, tell me about your life. And I say, you know, I have a mom and a brother and a sister and a stepdad. And, you know, well, where's your bio dad? I don't know. Oh, well, was he part of your life? No. Well, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'm fine. 
he ain't been here all those years. I mean, what? I don't, I don't know what you want from me. The more and more I kept going back, the more and more I kept having sessions, the more and more I realized that I did care that my dad wasn't there. That it did have an impact. And all the while I'm in college dating, talking to different guys, wondering why I never really settled down with any one person. Why isn't, why didn't I marry my high school sweetheart? Why don't I have my college sweetheart now? Y'all, I was running away from relationships and little did I know I was going to leave you before you could even think of leaving me. This is all baggage that I had been carrying, carrying, oh, so heavy, carrying around campus every day, throughout high school, now in college, now in grad school. Never really getting a full handle on what was happening in my life and why I was treating men the way that I was. It would always be, honey, it's not you, it's me. Well, in the therapy sessions, I came to know and to understand that I cared that my dad wasn't there and it had an impact and actually a horrible impact on my life that I had no control over. You see, I definitely felt that I had a longing and a desire to know my father, but none of that mattered. It was there, but it wasn't. And it wasn't until I migrated to this great state of California just to try something new and try a different life. And I got introduced to what is called the Women's Weekend. At that Women's Weekend, I got to hear the lives and stories of so many women. It was just so amazing. I was 27 at the time. I moved out to California at 25, and I was 27 when I did my Women's Weekend. And I hear the stories, and women are getting up, and they're talking about their marriages, and they're talking about their husbands cheating, and they're talking about all these different traumas and childhood things happening in their lives. And there was space for every woman who chose to speak to share and to be to be processed with all these women in the room and what happened is the facilitator said if you have unresolved issues with a parent you will inevitably bring those issues into your marriage so you're handicapped and I'm thinking to myself I am not handicapped as I continue to listen and go through the exercises that were facilitated at this weekend, I began to realize that I did have some anger and I tried to purge that anger. I screamed, I yelled. But what I found is that I was mostly there for the other women in the room. And that also was comforting to me. Well, on this day, when my friend Lynn said, get to know the best of your father, I had decided at the tender age of 32 that I think I want to get married. I think I might want to have a family. And if I don't do it right now, I guess I just at least want to know that I have the option to do so in a healthy way. So I wrote a letter to my dad and I sat there <laughs> and writing this letter to my dad, I was getting way too deep. I wanted him to know that I was successful. I wanted him to know that I had been to college, that I was a single woman, 
that I hadn't had any children, that I finished grad school, and that I'm living in California. And living the dream, if you will. At 27, I was living a great life. Well, what I came to know once I sent my dad the letter, he actually responded. And ironically, I was with the same friend, Lynn. We were trying on clothes, and he calls me. And I answer the phone, hello? And he said, it's your dad. I was completely stunned. I didn't know what to do. I was like, hi, hi dad. He said, well, I received your letter and I would love to meet you. So it just turned out that one of my girlfriends, Linda, she was getting married to Marvin in Pennsylvania. And that's exactly where he was. Pennsylvania. So I went to Pennsylvania and I got to see my dad. I see him. He looked just like all the pictures that I had seen of him. I could see why my mom at the tender age of 18 and 19 years old got all caught up in him. He was tall and statuesque. He had some charisma about him. But my friend Lynn said, get to know the best of your father. So we go to the park, we sit in the park and we talk. And I just said, you know, what's been happening? What's going on in your life? My dad answered so straight up. It was so cool. He didn't, it was straight no chaser. He said, I left. Your mom is from a big family. She didn't have a lot going on. Um, her sisters were all in the business. And that's not how I remember my mom to be. But this is his experience. So he tells us that, um, he tells me that he's, he left because he wanted to do something different with his life. I had seen my dad over the course of years. He would come to my grandma's house in the summers in North Carolina, because we lived in New Jersey at the time. And we would go to North Carolina every summer. He would come there to visit me. He would promise me a clarinet because he knew I was in the band or he would promise some other thing. And as it turned out, I never did get that clarinet or those other things that he promised. But as an adult woman today, I'm sure he promised those things because he wanted to give me something. After we left the park on that day, we went to a bar. <laughs> we went to a bar. And I was old enough, of course, to have a drink, so I had a drink with my dad at a bar and he introduced me to a few friends that he knew around the bar then we went to the house of his partner at the time um, apparently it's a woman who had a daughter and he had helped her raise her daughter I called my brother and my brother talked with my dad and my dad was bewildered my brother said I forgive you man I just want to get to know you. My dad sat there in tears because he said, how could you forgive me? Why are y'all even caring about me right now? And I shared with my dad, I wanted to get to know you. I told him he was the key to my healing. You're the key to my success in life. You're the key to me having a healthy relationship. I came back to California and when I got here, I had conversations with my mom 
and I t got in touch with some anger that I didn't even know that I had. I was frustrated. I was upset. Why had he left? I did ask him and he gave me a reason. But to me, it just didn't seem like enough. You left your two children. You left the woman that you that made you the two children. And you didn't show up. You didn't come around. You basically gave us empty promises. And I can understand in my skin right now at 32 why you did it or why you might have done it. But that doesn't do anything for what I've wanted. This little girl wanted her dad. I wanted to know how it felt to be doted on. I struggle with these things even today. And it's definitely a source in my marriage that I have to manage with all that is within me. To not make my husband responsible for doing the things that my dad should have showed me, should have done, but wasn't around to do. You see, I went to meet him because I wanted to take control of my life. I wanted to know that I could be healthy and happy and that I could have a successful relationship, but I didn't want it to be gloomed over. I didn't want the darkness of my past to override and just take over all that's within me every time I got close to loving somebody. I didn't want to be controlled by my past, yet I wanted to own it. I wanted to harness it and understand why. Why do I feel this way? And it's okay that you wanted your dad because everybody has a little girl in them. The little girl, she just wanted to be touched, picked up, kissed, doted on, and remembered and reminded every day that she is loved. Instead, I created an exterior that had me believe that I wasn't worthy of love and that the doing of Nicolia, the actions, the way that I do things, trying to find a way to be worthy of love. Thank God I went the opposite of the promiscuous route and I still suffer today because of that. The exploration of sex and sexuality and within the confides of marriage are still things that I didn't explore because I didn't want to get pregnant because I refused to have a child before I was married, before someone made a commitment to me because my child wasn't going to be raised like I was, fatherless. Well, I also did a training called the Landmark Forum. I did that after my women's weekend and I was able to harness some of the skills that I needed to be able to deal with my father and to learn how to build a relationship with him from a distance. You see, when I got back, he told me that he had gone to the doctor. He had been trying to get to the doctor for a long time and by the time he got there, he realized he had stage four pancreatic cancer there was no coming back for him and he was just as frail as he could be when I met him but he was just well enough to engage in communication and conversation with me and to have a drink if you remember that part well I wanted to move my dad to California I wanted to take care of him because none of his absence mattered to me in the moment. I just wanted to be able to get a glimpse and a glimmer of my dad. It was the landmark forum. 
and the Women's Weekend and the tools that I learned in both that had me be healthy enough to say, how can I help? This is what I can do and these are the things that I might not be able to do. Let me know how I can be of assistance to you. I would have conversations with him day in and day out. We would talk when he had the opportunity and we would share each other's lives. I got to giggle with my dad. I got to be upset with my dad. And I got to ask him over and over, what would you have done differently had you known the impact of what you did on your children? He regretted it as he stated, and I believe him. He regretted not taking the time to get to know me, not taking the time to be there, to see me play basketball and run track, to win some of the talent shows, and to get to know my brother, his son, his only son, to be there to show him how to make his first hoop and to ride a bike. He missed all that. And today I stand before you I sit before you, grateful and proud. I did the work. See, at the Landmark Forum, there was one exercise. And without really giving it away, you had to make a choice. And every time you make a choice, you choose. And you choose powerfully in the direction of those things that matter most to you. Because I chose my dad. I chose my dad who abandoned us all those years ago because I wanted my father. It doesn't help us to deny those things that hurt us or cause us pain. To say I don't care or it didn't matter was a lie. The truth is I wanted my dad even in his old age with his pancreatic cancer. I still wanted him to notice that I existed and that I am worth something. I wanted him to see me today and feel great about the product that he created, even though he didn't raise me, and to give my mom the credit for doing such a great job impacting the lives of his two children. I still miss my dad, and the little girl in me still wants wishes and desires to be held by him, to be touched by him, for him to say, you are so beautiful. I'm so proud of you. The reason I'm sharing this with you right now is for you not to deny those parts of you that want and need to be loved. My dad can't give it to me now, but I am healing every day. And when I get a little bit sad and notice that I need a little more attention, I just share with my husband that I notice that I need a little extra hug. You see, I've created in my marriage this exterior that says I don't need anything from a man. I know the day in high school when my dad promised to come see me and he stood me up. I'm pretty sure that's the day that I said I don't need a man. In college, I would be struggling with grocery bags after grocery shopping and a guy would say, hey, do you need some help? Oh, no. I got it. This is the very behavior that does not work in relationship. 
But these are the ways that I thought I was protecting myself because I didn't have my father. I have come to know and to learn and to accept in this moment that it is okay that a little girl wanted to have an experience of being loved the way she sees her husband love her daughter. It is through the health and the work and the healing that I have done that I am so proud of that my daughter gets to have an experience and a memory that escapes me because I never had it. I married a healthy man, a man that's clear about his purpose, who knew that he wanted to have a wife, to have his children, and to love and nurture them for every day that God gives us sight, vision, and life. My kids are the luckiest kids in the world. And I'm proud because I did the work. I did those trainings and I still stand here today. I go to therapy. We're in couples counseling. We do all of the things that we know that are resources available to us to learn and to grow and to love because that hole is still here in my heart for my father. But every day that I heal and that I accept that as a man, he couldn't give me what he had hoped he could. And he didn't have the emotional bandwidth to say, I have nothing but myself, but I offer that to you because that's all any girl wants. She wants her father. So I challenge you men out there that might be listening to this, that are estranged from your child, she might have a hard exterior at the beginning, but no, the little girl in her wants to be accepted and loved by you. She wants to be noticed by you. You acknowledging her existence means the world to her, no matter how she acts or how she comes across. And if you stick in there, Pray to God that you can have the emotional strength to take her words, her anger, and her pain and continue to show up because she will be better for it. Women need their fathers. Men, I'd imagine, need their fathers too. But the impact of a woman not having her father is a woman not knowing what love should look like and how good it should feel. You be the best man that you can be because a woman understands the intentions of a man. And the more you can articulate it, the better she can understand. So I challenge you all, do the work the inner heart work that's necessary to not only love yourself, but to acknowledge those crevices of your being that have gone uncared for, unnurtured and unloved because you are worth it and you're worth doing the work. Find a space, a place, a program, a person, a therapist. Find whatever book you can read. But get in there. Get to the heart of the matter. Because your family, your life, and your relationships depend on it. It does me no good to deny that this little girl right here misses her father. 
I only have wishes at this point. But again, every day that I heal, every moment that I put into acknowledging those places in me that might be insecure from my past, I have a stronger and healthier marriage. I'm not as needy as I might be if I weren't clear about what it is that I need. Tap into your inner self. Love what you see, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because everything that happens in here comes out. And the people around us that we love and care about, they need us to be whole. And you can't be whole denying parts of who you are. I am a broken woman who didn't have her father. And every day I heal. Every day I live with that reality and every day I heal. I want to have a healthy relationship. I want to have healthy children. And I am so proud as I sit here today, I'm so proud that at 32, I took a step. I took a step out into the world to say, today I take command of my life. I take command of all those things that encumber me and I will go meet the man who chose to meet me. I will admit he could have denied me and then I would have had to take a different route, but he did meet me and I flew to Pennsylvania and I met him and together the best of my father is everything that my husband embodies. The straight no chaser, that's my husband, <laughs> that's my dad. You know. What else Lynn said to me besides get to know the best of your father is you can create the rest. We have the power to determine, understand, and build those qualities that we need for us to survive. The perfect partner for me embodies characteristics and qualities that might be different for the next woman. But for me, my husband is that. And I took him through a process, people. I had to make sure he had what it took to handle a woman like me. And a woman like me sometimes looks scared and she's a fatherless child who needs an extra hug. And sometimes that woman is someone that needs to just put his hand on my shoulder and say, baby, I got you. And when he says it, I'm brought back to the reality that my relationship with him is not that of any fragmented relationship I may have thought of or ever had with any other man. But with him, we're whole. So again, I challenge you, do the inner work to figure out where there are unresolved issues. See your parent as an adult. Understand that they had a life before you and those choices and decisions and traumas in many cases that they dealt with impacted their ability to care for you, their bandwidth to give you what you might need in a moment. Do the work, ladies. Do the work. And the results are amazing. See you next time on that part. Thanks for listening to That Part with Nicolia. 
My hope is that on this journey together, we get closer to becoming our true self, our best selves, and always talk about that part. 